Welcome to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. If you're ready for inspiration and tips to improve your life, hear what some of the fascinating minds of today have to say. Our hope is that you'll live your passion and inspire the world. And now, here is your host, Allison H. Larson. Good morning and welcome to Spotlight. Today is all about financial freedom, how to make the most with your finances and financial mindset. When it comes to money, that is one of the the biggest challenges in life. I think a lot of people are stuck in poverty mindset. A lot of people don't know what to do, how to invest their money. I don't know if you've ever felt this way before, but I felt like I'm sometimes trading my hours for dollars and have kind of learned to break through that. Uh, As I've grown in my money mindset and expanded, so has my my income and it's been fabulous because the more resources I have, the more that I can do the things that I love to do, the more that I can help the people that I love. And today I brought on an expert He's not even 30 years old yet, and he's been able to break through this money mindset. He's now passionate about teaching other people how to do the same and really teaching them how to, to make the most of their money. So welcome, Josiah Cooper. How are you this morning? Hey, Allison. Thank you so much. It's really good to be here. I'm I'm doing good great. Thank you. Well, great to have you. So I'm going to give you permission, like I do on all of my radio shows, to open up by bragging a little bit about yourself, Josiah. Why should why would somebody want to listen to this show? What what are your credentials? Um well first off I'm funny. <laughs> okay. Well that's a big bonus. So everybody that's listening to the show right now, just be prepared to start laughing. Maybe get out your tissues, you're gonna be laughing so hard you cry, make sure and go to the bathroom so you don't pee your pants, right? All right, so you're oh, funny, dude. Josiah. How what else? Give, tell me a little bit more about yourself and our viewers. All right, well, um Yeah, so I've I've had some really great opportunities to um to travel, to show up to some different events. Um, Allison, you've been uh, a great resource for uh, helping me get on some stages. I was able to uh, speak at City Summit on your spotlight there, right before Colin Farrell came out. In I fact, know, like right before. Big, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that was a huge highlight for me. Um, and, then, and then at that event, I got to meet uh, Frank Shankwitz, the founder of Make-A-Wish. Mm-hmm. Um, very inspired by his story, his movie Wishman Hero coming out here yeah. very soon. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, got to meet Jeff Hoffman, the founder and CEO of Priceline.com, and was, was so inspired by his story. And, uh, and I say all this not to, not to brag necessarily about how cool I am that I've met these people, but to talk about how they've inspired me. Mm-hmm. and and um, what I've been able to learn from them um, just because I, I showed up to these events. Mm-hmm. Um, was able to connect with people that are doing great things um, to promote social good causes and um, mm-hmm. met uh, Nathan and Lacey Bird and Lacey is organizing a trip to hike up Kilimanjaro this summer. Wow. Um, are you going to go? Uh, to raise awareness for, for uh, fitness and things of that nature. Yeah. Um, and, and beyond that, I've had the opportunity to just travel to some really great places, doing what I love, um, which is rock climbing. If anybody knows me for any period of time, they'll know that um, I enjoy spending time out in the outdoors um, climbing rocks. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and that's all fine and good and everything, but um, one of the things that I'm most passionate about is helping other people be able to pursue their own passions. And, 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 because um, I find that most people feel held back from doing that. And like you mentioned yourself, Allison, um, you, you felt some resistance before in, 
um, breaking through to to pursuing what you're truly passionate about. Well, so, you know, in the, uh, some of my sorry, the truth of the matter pardon? is, I, I just wanted to jump in here because the truth of the matter is, if you don't have the resources to do the things that you want to do, then you really can't live the life that you want to live, and that's something that it it took me a while to learn. And you do the best with what you have, but it's such an amazing feeling when you look at a place on the map and you want to go there and you make it happen. Or somebody invites you to go on an adventure or go to an event and you're able to make it happen because you have the resources to do that. So that's one of the things that I enjoy and celebrate the most about uh, being financially successful is, is being able to do the things that I've always wanted to do. And, and instead of just being dreams as uh, wishes on my on my list or something on my you know items on my bucket list to complete later they become a re- reality they turn into reality so i just wanted to point that out oh absolutely and and you mentioned you know having the resources to do that and um you mentioned also that most people seem to be trading a lot of their time for money yeah um by the guy that i'm, I'm working with on this project that i'm on um I made a comment earlier about how we don't, no, no one really lives to work. We work to live. Yeah. And, um, and I, I like to, to help people kind of expand their brain box in talking about um, something I call the four currencies. And you touched on it briefly on two of them, on time and money, and how we exchange one for the other, usually time for money. Yeah. Um, but people who have discovered financial independence um, tend to do more trading money for time seem to always have time to travel. They seem to always mm-hmm. have time to spend with their family and, and they have time to invest in uh, humanitarian causes and mission trips and things of that nature. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the and biggest like- myths, Josiah, is that people think the harder I work, the more money I'm going to make. The harder I work, the more money I'm going to make. Like somehow there's going to be some amazing uh, like reward for just working hard. But what I've learned is it isn't working harder, it's working smarter. And the people that are true financial giants, the people that have really mastered the money mindset are people that understand that it's it's not that working hard equals more money. It's figuring out how to make your money work for you, not working for money. So I like I like that. And they've done that by they've done that by leveraging these other two currencies, which are knowledge and relationships. Okay, so talk talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Right, so so we pay a brain surgeon a little bit better than we might pay uh, a janitor, uh-huh. right? Right. We pay for that knowledge because we're hoping that he's going to put our brain back together, <laughs> right? Or, uh, you know, remove a subdural hematoma or some, some freak, you know, uh, process. Um, and, and his knowledge that he has to do that is worth lots of money. Right. Um, and then if you look at relationships, um, how many people um, do you know that because they know somebody they're able to get into an event um at a discounted rate mm-hmm. right um people say it's not what you know it's who you know and and the truth is it's both it, it is it's it's both and um and i'll kind of echo a comment that i made at um actually my first speaking event with you allison in phoenix arizona mm-hmm. um is people have this concept that money doesn't grow on trees right and i I like to invite people to reimagine that um, that statement because the the idea of it is that money's not just out there to grab without working. But I like to say money grows on trees if you're walking through the right forest, mm-hmm. and that forest is yeah, the people powerful. you surround yourself with. It's those relationships that you make, um, 
because people have knowledge and that you can leverage. Well, what's so right? people have money that you can leverage. Exactly. Well, what's so interesting about what you talking about this and, and leveraging relationships. So it's really interesting because one of my gifts and talents is I'm a connector. I'm just really good at connecting people. I'm great at building relationships. That's just one of my talents. And I remember early on in my career, somebody saying to me, Allison, there's no way to monetize connections. You're going to have a really big struggle. You're going to have a hard time making money um, <laughs> leveraging these connections. And as I went on throughout my career, I, f I figured that that wasn't true. I built some great JV partnerships. I actually, last year, most of my income was from JV partnerships from these relationships that I built. But what ended up happening was I still had, you know, mentors or coaches or people saying, well, you really should focus on your own thing. And you shouldn't build other people's programs or you shouldn't, you know, leverage, keep leveraging these relationships because it would be better just to leverage your own. And that was really interesting because I talked to somebody who was very wise in the financial world world and somebody who has been around a lot of millionaires and billionaires and does really well and very successful for himself financially and he said that one of the tips that these millionaires and billionaires had given him throughout the years of interviewing him is to do exactly what I was doing and that is to leverage your relationships to build relationships with people that had influence that could do things for others and then as you went along throughout your events or connecting with people on Facebook or however you were connecting with people to figure out what people's needs were and then connect them with those people that had the right solutions. Now, part of that is you need to make sure that the people that you're working with are good for their word, that they're honest, that they're in alignment and integrity. But if you do that and you send people to these other people for their solutions and it's like you're a broker, you create these relationships where you can get a percentage or leverage some of that fee. And he said that the smartest and most successful people in the world really know how to do that and they know how to leverage those relationships and make money on it. And the great thing about that is, is there's no back end fulfillment on your point. You just get to do what you love to do, which is building relationships. So I really like that you brought that up, Josiah, because I think there's a common misconception conception that you need to do your own thing. But if you're good at relationships and you're good at connecting, then leverage those, build those up, find a way to be able to monetize those and make it a win, win, win for everybody, a win for the person that you're connecting, a win for you, and then a win for the person that you're connecting them to. So uh, I love that you brought that up. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's, that's very true. And it's, it's certainly something that I've I've learned quickly um, in this journey towards um, my own financial independence and, and helping others uh, empower that as well, which is truly my passion. My passion is to help people um, kind of identify where they want to be, how to get there. Um, a little bit about my story, um, I have a, a vivid memory of uh, working in the corporate world and, um, and we had some gentlemen that were retiring after 34 and 36 years. Uh, with the same company. Wow. And on the one hand, I was very impressed. I was like, wow, they stayed with this for so long mm -hmm. uh, with the same company. And it was a great company to work for. I truly enjoyed the time that I spent um, working for them to a degree. Um, great company. But at the same time, um, I, I had this, oh, almost a fear of just being trapped in that same thing until you know, through all the prime years of my life, right? I was 27. And I don't even remember what, what the date was that these guys were retiring. Was it was spring, fall, whatever, because that's what the, the, that's what corporate does to you, right? It's one day at a time. You're just going through the motions on what I call the corporate hamster wheel. 
Right. And I remember thinking, there is no way that this is all there is. There's no way I'm meant to just show up for a job, get my pay, invest in my 401k, um, maybe play with some stocks and some cryptocurrency on the side, and, um, you know, and just, just go through life that way until I'm 65 or whatever this arbitrary age of retirement is. Right. There's got to be something more. And I, I visualized watching my best years just pass me by while I'm working towards what society tells us is our destiny, right? So I started looking for ways to make my money work for me, to, to leverage that time, that money for time rather than the other way around. Um, and that's when I started looking into real estate investing as a way to generate passive income so that in the event that I was decided that I was done with the corporate world or mm-hmm. vice versa, they decided they were done with me, um, I would be empowered to do what I truly wanted to do. I could travel more. I could spend more time with uh, a family that I want to have someday. I could uh, host events for people and then facilitate experiences that would um, let people travel and experience nature the way that I enjoy it um, and, and things of that nature. I could go on mission trips. Mm-hmm. I could you know, build infrastructure in third world countries, all the things I could do if I wasn't tied to a job. Yeah, and, and then I had this epiphany. I said, I realized there's there's three C's, and if anybody's taking notes, uh, listening to this show or the recording, uh, I would I would encourage you to write these down. There's three C's of what I call the the hashtag corporate hamster wheel. That's going to trend. I know it. Um, and they are <laughs> we we are taught to conform, consume, and comply. So when you're when you are to, working for corporate or when you're working for somebody else, what are those three C's again? Conform. Conform, uh-huh. consume, and comply. Okay, that makes sense. And it's, it's, we're, we're taught to, to go to school, get a degree, get a job, start a career, and do that for the next 40 years of your life. It's the 40-40-40 the myth. Right. Work 40 hours a week for the next 40 years of your life and expect to retire on 40% of your income. Mm-hmm. Well, how many people do you know that live on 40% of their income now? <laughs> and then they're going to retire uh, and they're yeah. going to have more time to spend less more money. money. Well, they're going to have more time, but they're going to have less money, right? Well, yes. So it's, it's a complete, it's a complete another myth. And I, I see people, and especially as I see more, more of the baby boomer generation retiring and more of my generation stepping up into careers and things of that nature, um, it's a very dismal future they're looking at. They're visualizing the same thing that I did where they're feeling trapped by, you know, I might enjoy the work that I'm doing, but I don't feel the freedom to do what I'm truly passionate about. You know, this job pays, but how do I make my passion pay? How do I make a living doing what I love to do? Whether that's, again, travel or mission work or something of that nature. And then, and we're, then we're taught to consume where we're, we're inundated with ads and commercials that force us or encourage us to compare ourselves by the latest fads, the latest trends, the latest gadgets. Um, and then we're, 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 encouraged to comply rather than question, rather than maybe contradict the status quo of, you know, having that job and, 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 um, and striking out on ourselves. And I realized that entrepreneurship is what truly empowers. Hmm, that's true. Because entrepreneurship lets you live life on your own terms. 
Well, it's true. And it's so funny. My my son, he's a sophomore in high school, and he keeps getting these uh, flyers to go to college. And my oldest daughter's in college. She's doing great. She's excelling. She's going to get her degree soon in exercise science. She's going on to be a, a physical therapist. Um, so, I mean, she's doing great. I'm, I'm not saying that college is horrible or bad, but he, to his point, my son's getting all these ads now for college, saying, come to our college, come to, to, to this college. And he's a mom. It's so interesting because all of these flyers I'm getting about college talk about how I should go to college to become a great leader. But he said, actually, doesn't going to college teach you to become a great conformer? Doesn't it teach you to become a great follower? He said, if I wanted to be a great leader, I would drop out of school right now and I would start my own business. If I wanted to learn how to be a great leader, I would go and do an internship with somebody who's an entrepreneur who has created their own business. I wouldn't go to college. And it was it was an interesting eye-opening thing for me to see that even at that young age, even as a sophomore in high school, he's recognizing and realizing that this path that has, has always been kind of the traditional path, or at least the traditional path for the last, uh, what, 70 or 80 years is not a path to develop leaders is a path to develop followers and I believe that you know if you went one step further on the path after you graduate from college you go and you get a job in the corporate world right where you aren't a leader you are a conformer and I'm not saying that you can't have leadership roles within corporate and that there's aren't aren't going to be opportunities for you to express yourself or lead but but it's that feeling of being um, stuck of, of feeling like there's only a certain amount that you can do there's only a certain uh, you know place that you can get to really in this world because then you get then you uh, then you stop you can't go anymore so really interesting stuff Josiah we actually are going to take a break but when we come back more from Josiah and Josiah I'd love to share with you an experience that I had recently when I was in LA and get your thoughts on it as well so don't go anywhere when we come back more on this financial discussion with Josiah Cooper I'm Allison and you're listening to Spotlight Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Listen for In the Limelight with Clarissa Burt, international media celebrity, supermodel, and renowned beauty and lifestyle expert, as well as founder and CEO of Envelop Her, multimedia platform for women, and sought-after inspirational speaker on women's issues. You'll connect with Clarissa's super influencer, celebrity friends, and experts as they speak about health, wealth, beauty, lifestyle, business, the love of giving, and the love of living a model life. Tune in every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. 
The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance, featuring Dan Clark, the modern-day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back to Spotlight. I have joining with me today, if you're just joining us, Josiah Cooper. We're talking about financial freedom. We're talking about how to create the lifestyle you want. And really, I like to call myself a lifestyle entrepreneur. And what I mean by that is I create and tailor a business using my gifts and talents that provide massive value to other people and that allow me to live the lifestyle that I want to live. And I absolutely love it. I'm one of those people, I don't even like a list when I go to the grocery store. I want to go, I want to see what's on sale. I want to see what looks good. I want to pick it out as I go and create my beautiful meal masterpieces based on that. So I definitely have an entrepreneurial brain. Not everybody does. I want to read you this uh, Matthew Taylor, who is joining us on Facebook Live. He is an expert. If you don't know Matthew Taylor, look him up, friend him on Facebook. Uh, He really has broken through the money mindset and has created the lifestyle that he wants. But he said entrepreneurship isn't freedom, but it definitely offers the flexibility to create your own definition for success and pick your path to get there. And I think he brings up a really good point because entrepreneurship isn't freedom. It's not like you just quit your job, decide to work for yourself and do whatever you want. Um, But something that is really, that's really great to take into consideration is that you can with some work and and obviously you need to have client fulfillment and there's things that you need to do but if you can crack that code you really can create the lifestyle you want and this really uh, hit me hard when I was on a cruise about a year and a half ago. I was in a hot tub on the cruise overlooking Haiti on this beautiful cruise ship and I'm closing deals as I'm sitting there. It was a, it was a cruise for entrepreneurs, um, the Winner's Circle by Roger Salam. I was literally hiking up ancient pyramids which have been on my bucket list forever there in Mexico 
And I'm create. I'm like, I remember as I'm hiking up the ancient pyramid, I'm like literally creating JV partnerships that turned into massive amounts of value and money and clients for me. And I thought, this is the life that I want to create. This is the life that I want. And of course, as my clients come back and tell me, Allison, you're such a good example to me. You've changed my life. Um, you've provided me with massive value. You've taught me how to create this financial freedom. It's just been so fulfilling for me. So Josiah, I want to share with you an experience that I had recently, and I want you to weigh on that, in on this as a financial expert that you are. So I had this epiphany. I was actually out for a run in Los Angeles. Um, I was with Gerald Rogers, who I do some events with, and we were out running. And as we're running through the city, it was like a Thursday morning, and it was right before a Tony Robbins event that we were attending. And I remember as I was running and, and we were kind of jumping on these different statues and playing and having a good time, and I had a big smile on my face and just taking in the fresh air and enjoying life, I started to watch as as the streets got busier and busier with people going to work. And it was really interesting because as they filed into these buildings, the heads were down, faces were grim, people did not look passionate or excited about life. It looked like they were going into a prison. And we even passed one building and the statue outside the building literally was of a man like banging his head against the wall that was holding a briefcase. That was the statue going into the building. And it was really interesting for me because suddenly I had this recognition and this realization that in that moment I felt on top of the world. I was doing something that I loved to do in a place that I I wanted to be doing the things I wanted to be doing and I was feeling secure and safe because I was making enough money and resources to do it. And all these people, it just seemed like they were owned by their jobs or, you know, almost possessed in a sense. And the sense of freedom was not there for them. Instead of being on top of the world, it was almost like they were weighed down by the world. So what would you say to that, Josiah? Well, that's, that's, that's a, an extremely ironic um, setting there um, that that people willingly you know do that and and I say willingly lightly uh, if you asked any of them you know if they would ever had ever considered you know pursuing something similar to your kind of lifestyle I would I would imagine that many of them would say yes mm-hmm but they would have some kind of but after that. Yeah, but what? Yeah, but, but but I, I have the house, to, <laughs> right? Right. Or I've got right. kids my, to my take job care of. My family. I don't have enough savings to support myself while I build a business or while I'm doing something like that. Right. Um, and and they're truly for as as well as their jobs may be paying them. Uh, you know, if they're acting out of that that but I response is scarcity. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and so to be able to enjoy the kind of life that you enjoy and that you're living, um, you have to reimagine that, that scarcity abundance relationship or contrast rather. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm hoping that so you're going to share, I'm hoping that you're going to share with us some, some tips that allow us to be able to do that. And like Matt said, I mean, entrepreneurship is not a free ticket. You've got to work. If you quit working or you quit doing things, you'll quit making money unless you have a residual income, which is another part of entrepreneurship that's great. It's a whole different topic we can talk about um, unless you have, and I know, Josiah, you do a lot of real estate investing and that's provided you with somewhat of a residual income. But I'm, I'm hoping that you'll share some tips with us. Before you do, I want to read this comment by Ed Mercer, who... Um, 
who commented this on Facebook live here. He said, my perspective, number one, entrepreneurs determined who they want to serve. That's true. Number two, discover what it is they want. Number three, write great ad copy. Four, demonstrate how they can get what they want. Five, get paid to solve problems. And I love that. I love that number five. I mean, really the definition of entrepreneurship, and I learned this from Gerald, who I mentioned earlier, is entrepreneurs basically get paid to solve people's problems. So being an entrepreneur is you get paid to solve people's problems. If you want to make more money, find bigger problems to solve. So, um, so great advice, Ed. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, Josiah, I want to hear your tips. So say, say there's someone out there listening and they're like, ah, I do feel like I, no matter what I do, I'm not getting ahead financially. I feel like I'm working all the time. I feel like there's things that I want to do, but I can't do. I feel like I can't break away from what I'm doing now because I've got these responsibilities and this mortgage and this car payment and these kids to take care of. And what would you tell them? Um, what tips do you have? I would find out have? what they're most passionate about first. Obviously, it's not their job because they're coming to me because they hate it. Mm -hmm. Um. And then, well, uh, well, hold on, pause just a second. I want to, I want to really hammer that home, because this is something that a lot of people don't even think about. And Ed brought this up, and you're bringing this up now. When it comes to your life, what do you want? And it's my belief. I'm Christian, and you can fit into whatever belief system you want. But it's my belief that God gave us life. And the greatest gift that we can give back to him is to find happiness in our life and to do the things that we desire, to design and create the life that we want. And so what is it that you want? What do you want to create? And if you don't know what you want to create, then you won't know how to create it. So number one, figure out what it is you want. Love that. What's your second piece of advice? Absolutely. Um, so w once you have identified that, then research, right? Maybe find out how can I, how can I monetize this? Or you know, it could be anything. Um, you know, we, we, um, uh, what word am I looking for? Not immortalized, but we, we, we look at say the starving artist, <laughs> right? Yeah. Says so the, the quintessential, you know, passionate person with no income. Right. Right. Unless they're unless they hit it big, right? They get lucky, we, we say. Um, you know, but, but in that, how do you, how do you get your, your art out there, your passion out there? Yeah. It could be cooking, it could be, for me, it's, it's rock climbing, mm -hmm. right? And I'll use myself as an example. I love spending time in nature. I love being outdoors. I found through this sport of rock climbing that there are a lot of transcendental um, aspects to a rock climb. Mm -hmm. There's, it's a puzzle, it's a mental challenge, it's a psychological challenge. And I've, I found that I can take some of the concepts of a rock climb and relate it to business. Mm -hmm. So what if I could have a coaching program that helped people succeed in their personal and business lives while on a weekend retreat to a place where they can go rock climbing? Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, and what's what's Just so in idea. interesting as I have a client that actually does that. Her name's Laura. It's her birthday today. Happy birthday, Laura. Laura P. Um, but yeah, she's birthday, like, 
she's like, I, and you know her, she's like, I love rock climbing. Yeah. I want to do rock climbing. I want to do adventures. And she created a whole business where she takes people on adventures and teaches and incorporates these adventures into lifestyle. So that's wonderful. And I love what you're saying too, because once you decide what you want, figure out how to monetize it. And I am telling you right now that you can find a way to monetize what you love doing. When I first got started and I said, my favorite thing's people. I love people. I love relationships and I love connecting. Remember somebody told me, they said, oh, you'll never be able to monetize that. I was able to make six figures last year, over six figures last year, just off of relationship collateral, just off of connecting people with solutions that weren't even my solutions for them. There were somebody else's solutions because I was able to build a relationship with them. I had relationships with somebody who had the solution they were looking for and I connected them and I made contracts with the people I connected them with and I said, hey, if I find somebody that's looking for your service that you have to offer, will you pay me a commission? And the agreement was yes. So you can find a way to leverage that. I found a way to leverage my love of people to, to be able to monetize that. So I think you're absolutely right, Josiah. And so often we get stuck thinking inside the box like, oh, well, this is the only way that I can make money. I have to work here. Or I have to go to the office or I have to do this or I have to do that. No, there's an infinite amount of resources out there in the planet. And if you find a problem, again, back to the definition of entrepreneurship, a definition of an entrepreneur is a person that solves problems. If you find a problem that needs to be solved and you have a solution for that problem, then people will most likely be willing to invest to get that solution. And here's the other part that I love about this too because some people out there might be thinking well Allison is, is this all about the money what about the people you know I'm just service oriented I want to serve people I don't want to make it all about the money well the truth is and the fact of the matter is if somebody doesn't invest in you or your program or doesn't is not willing to invest something like time or money then they won't be invested in it and what I found was I can offer the same thing for free to somebody that I charge tens of thousands of dollars for. And that person that I give it to for free will not make any strides or very few strides. They won't be able to, they won't get to the next level. They won't see the success as the person that's invested tens of thousands of dollars. Why is that? Because if you're willing to invest tens of thousands of dollars into a program, you will be invested in that program. That's a program or a thing that you will want, that you will care what happens to it. So, um, I love that tip. So step number one, figure out what it is that you want. Step number two, figure out how to make money doing it. Seems pretty simple, but a lot of people, it's hard for them to figure out. Okay, what's step number three, Josiah? Um, I would just add on to, to step number two, uh, first of all, um, in that dealing with the, the, the mindset of uh, the, the resistance to, quote, selling someone, right? Um, if, if you have a product or a service that you truly believe meets someone else's need, it becomes your moral obligation to sell them. Oh, that's absolutely true. That service for them. And, and lots of people don't realize that. I mean, yeah, I, I believe that we make these life contracts or we make these contracts before we, eat, we even come to earth that uh, we go through certain experiences or trials and really fulfillment and purpose comes from sharing those lessons that we learned or sharing those things or if we have a solution for other people is to share that with them so that they can have a better life. And when we do that, that's when we find true fulfillment. 
I want to chime in here. Ed Mercer said, uh, for every problem there is in the world is a reason to start a business around it. I love that, Ed. Thank you so much for, for that feedback. I think that's, that's true. Great. Yeah. Okay, so you added on to step number two. What's step number three? So yep. just, to, just to recap, step number one, figure out what it is you want to do. Step number two, figure out a way to make money doing it. Seems pretty simple, but hard for us, a lot of us to do. What's step number three? Um, step number three, I would, I would again say is twofold. Um, you have to stick with it. You have to be committed. Um, and then the second part of that is take action to remove negativity from that goal. Hmm. And I'm, I'm going to quote Josh David on this when he said, um, where there's a will, there's a family member in the way. <laughs> I love that. And, and I love, I love Josh. Uh, family yeah. members. Yeah, yeah. Right? Right. Oh, he's, he's a great guy. If Josh, if you're on live with us or if you're watching this later, love you, man. She was, wish she was on live. Um, I think he's got a training. You know, and, and as much as we love our family members, mm-hmm. they want what they think is best for us. Yeah. But well, they are not us. Well, here, here's something to, to consider and to think about, okay? Because I, I love my family dearly, and I'm a mom. I want my kids to listen to me, too, so I get both sides of the story. But here's what's a really interesting concept to think about. When you want advice about something, who do you go to for advice? You go to an expert, right? If your family member is not an expert in what you want advice on, then don't ask them about it. Share that information with them. Celebrate your successes with them. But if you're wanting to create a business and your family member is not a business owner, you should not be asking them for their opinion on it. Because the difference between opinions and advice, advice are given by experts. Opinions are given by novices. So there's going to be a lot of novices around you with opinions, especially family members, like you said. But look to the experts for that advice. And that's something that Greg Reed taught me. So very beautiful. I love that um, you brought that up, Josh. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't talk to your family members. I'm not saying that it's not important what they think. But if you want to listen to somebody and get advice from somebody, make sure they're an expert. There's somebody that's further along in you in that in that venture. So Andrea is joining us. Andrea Swenson, I know you know her too, Josiah. So Andrea, hey, Andrea. we're having a great conversation here regarding finances and money, money mindset. So um, so Josiah, tip number three again is to to uh, commit to your plan of action to monetize your passion. And remove negativity is the second part. Um, that, so that could come from family, could come from friends. Um, I've definitely experienced my own life uh, and, and have chosen to distance myself from that negativity um, so that it's not affecting my own commitment to what I've, I've chosen to move forward with. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I think it's important to remember, too, that a lot of times when people tell you something or share their opinions with you it's out of love because they truly feel like that's what's best for you i remember a family member telling me one time i just i'd just gotten a tv show you know i had this radio show i'd been speaking on some big stages and i remember a family member who loves me dearly saying to me you know allison i I really think you should go back to teaching yoga at the community center now i loved teaching yoga at the community center don't get me wrong it was a group of six or seven people that i taught every single week i was able to use a lot of my gifts and talents to help inspire them and i loved 
to those people, but my vision was a much bigger scale than six or seven people. My vision was I wanted to reach millions of people. And I remember when when that family member gave me that advice, you should just go back to teaching yoga at the community, community center, just thinking, wow, you know, that I can see why you would think that. I can see why, why you would say that and love me, but that's not my vision. That's not what I want. And I think in the end, it's really important to remember that everybody that loves you ultimately just wants you to be happy. And sometimes they get in the way of how they think you're, you should be happy <laughs> rather than just supporting you on your journey. So it's a good lesson too. If you know anybody in your family or any of your friends that are on their journey right now, are you standing in the way of what they want to accomplish or are you supporting them? So I love that piece of information. So just to sum it up, number one, if you're if you're listening right now and you're thinking there's something greater out there for me, I'm just in the rat race. I want to make more money. I want to do more with my life. I want to be free to travel and to serve people and do all the things that I want to do. Number one, figure out what is it that you really want to do. Number two, figure out a way to monetize it. And then number three, commit to it because it's probably not going to happen overnight. However, I will say if you want to expedite the process. You mentioned this earlier, Josiah, hire a mentor, a coach, hire an expert, hang around people that have already accomplished that. And you're going to get there a lot faster. So it's time for us to go to another break. I'm having a great conversation with Josiah. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune in to Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel and get amplified. If you want to join the ranks of the influencers, you've got to think like an influencer. How about joining one of the top influencers in the world, Leonard Kim, for Grow Your Influence Tree. Leonard and his guests discuss the topics that aspiring influencers need to know, from brand building to getting yourself published and growing your audience. There's a bunch of fun and even some twists involved to keep you on your toes. You just have to listen every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired.
You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. All right, so we were on commercial break. We were talking to the Facebook Live viewers, and Josiah was about to share this amazing tip, and then all of a sudden we had to come back. So I'm going to rewind a little bit and back up. Um, I was saying during commercial, one of the most powerful and impactful things I've done in my life to create my awareness around some of my money blocks and, and being able to move forward and achieve financial success was I did an exercise that a mentor had me do where I wrote down um, four names. I wrote down mom, dad, God, and spouse. And it could be significant other. Uh, and then I wrote, what is the money story? What is the lesson I was taught about money from my mom, my dad, God, and my spouse? And this, it's not even necessarily a conscious lesson that somebody sat down and said, Allison, here's what you do about money. It's, it's the story that I got from watching how they handled money. And it was amazing because then the, the, the last thing I wrote was my story. And I wrote down what my story around money was. It was so profound to me to look at where some of my blocks were to get that awareness of why I thought certain things about money. And once I had that recognition, I was able to decide what I wanted to let go, what wasn't serving me in my financial um, freedom, and what I wanted to keep. And Josiah, I asked you to weigh in on this. You were about to weigh in. I felt it in my bones. It was a phenomenal piece of advice. And then we had to cut you off because we were coming back for the show. So what would you add on to that? Are you there, Josiah? Uh, oh, there you source okay. of that story mm-hmm. is um, our life experiences. Mm, interesting. Um, and so um, Colleen Gallagher, I think you know from, from some of the events that we've been to together, mm-hmm. um, she had a story from an experience that she, she witnessed when she was a child yeah. where um, so two, two parents were fighting, she, she witnessed, and, and one of them said to the other that, well, if you made more money, we wouldn't be in this, this financial situation or something of that nature, right? Yeah. And, and that really shaped how she thought about money, for, for better or for worse, right? Um, and I, I was talking with a friend this weekend who had a similar um, story from her past where um, she, she viewed people with money as um, uh, thinking they were better than other people that didn't mm-hmm. have as much money or, or something of that nature. And so she had built a story that, well, I don't want to be rich because I'll be like them. Yeah. And them were these people that, that thought they were so much better. But she also wanted to have money because she wanted to provide a good life for her children yeah. and all of this kind of a thing. So she had this cognitive dissonance going on where she was hijacking the money that she wanted to make because uh, subconsciously she had this belief that having money was bad. Yeah. Well, and I love I love this idea too. This reminds me of the of the financial thermostat, and um, I know that this was talked about at the last Live Big and and some of the other Live Big events that we've been to. And uh, what was really interesting is the concept is, is that you have a financial thermostat. And just like a thermostat on the wall, if it's set to 72 degrees, if it's cold outside and somebody opens the door and cold air comes in, the heat's going to kick on and it's going to raise the temperature of the room up to 72 degrees, right? And that happens in our life. If we have a certain lifestyle or something, a way that we're living, and all of a sudden something happens that causes us not to live that way, we're going to 
kick on our heat. We're going to start working more so we can get more money. We're going to figure out a way to get back up to 72 because this is where our financial thermostat set and where we want to live. But what's so interesting and people don't don't uh, catch on to this a lot is we also have a financial thermostat the other way. Now, if the room gets too hot and is above 72 degrees, then what ends up happening is the air conditioner will kick on and bring it back down to 72 degrees. And what happens in our life is sometimes if our mindset is set at a certain number, we're used to making a certain amount, if we start making more, we'll sabotage ourselves and bring it down. And this is often seen by people who win the lottery. If you take somebody who is a middle class person or lower class person and they win the lottery, check in with them a year or two later, where are they going to be? They're going to be their money's going to be gone and they're going to be living in that same situation for the most part. So now take a millionaire and take all his money away and check in with him in a, in a year or two and he's going to be a millionaire again because he has that mindset, that financial thermostat. I wanted to read a comment here. This was by, uh, by Pauline and she says, I agree, our upbringing is so key. Mine was always about money will be in flow. And so what a great thing. If you're a parent thinking about what are you teaching your children about money? Are you saying we can't afford things? Um, Dan Rawls chimed in, said winners. Thanks, Dan. And then uh, Pauline hey, said Dan. again, thermostat idea is a great metaphor. So I wish I could take credit for that, Pauline. I can. I heard it from Live Big. Gerald Rogers would say. Richard Gordon said uh, their mindset doesn't change, so they are unable to handle the new wealth. And that is so true. So wealth is not an amount of money. Wealth is a mindset. And here's what's interesting is, is they, um, there's been some research done on what makes somebody truly wealthy. And they found that people that feel like they aren't wealthy feel like they aren't wealthy no matter how much money they have. And people that feel like they are wealthy are uh, decide that they have wealth no matter how much they have. So it's really interesting. So setting that mindset of, of achieving wealth. Ed Mercer said, I grew up in a very poor neighborhood. My dad had no money. I didn't have any friends because... Oh, let's see. It's because of where I lived. People said, don't talk to him. Don't play with him. He's the kid from the Heights. That fueled me into creating a different life. My dad only made $25,000 per year. I said at 12 years of age, I said, whoever my future and my children wife will be, they will have a better life than I was having. Because of my decision to have a better life, complete focus and providing value, I have two beautiful children built a 4,000 square foot home for them and have made more than my father made in his lifetime. So that's a good point, Ed. Sometimes um, not having money will actually fuel us. Uh, Matthew Taylor said, uh, this helps show the importance of treating your business finances separate from our personal finances. Interesting. We're often in the biggest pressure on our company, increasing our lifestyle before our business can afford to pay us more. That's interesting because when we do increase our lifestyle before a business, yeah, that, that you, you can get you can get stuck <laughs> really easy. So I agree 100%, Matthew. It was so interesting. Um, as I did my taxes this year, I saw my business number, like the number my business made this year. And I was like, oh my gosh, why am I living in the house I'm living? I could live in a way bigger house and do all these things. But you have to, you have to take into account um, what you make in the business, what you roll back into the business. And then, and then 
when you're an entrepreneur, your lifestyle will will come up to match that. But if you increase your lifestyle before you have that sustainable success as an entrepreneur, you can get in trouble. Appreciate you bringing that out. Ed said people can start from um, where they are with what they have and make a decision to change. I agree. And then Carmen chimed, chimed in, wow, this makes um, so much sense. Finance financial thermostat and having the right mindset. So love everybody that's participating. Thank you so much. So Josiah, I want to make sure that we have enough time. Oh, Pauline said again, uh, lift your wealth of vision to a broader horizon. Lifestyle, health, and genuine friends are all wealth assets as well as money. And that's a really great point. It really isn't all about the money. Um, it is about creating the lifestyle that you want. And at the end of the day, you can have all the money in the world, more money than you ever dreamed of. But if you have no one to share it with, then it's going to be an unhappy life and you will not feel wealthy and fulfilled. So thank you for bringing that up, Pauline. I'm a huge believer in that. So Josiah, how can people get a hold of you? This has been such a great conversation. I want to continue this conversation. Gosh, we could talk on the show for another hour or two, um, but we're, we're getting toward, towards the end of the show. If somebody wants to continue this conversation with you, wants to pick your brain, talk to you a little bit more, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, yeah, that's great. Um, so uh, before I go into that, I, w I just wanted to drop two quick uh, bits. Um, yeah, please. One is the reason that most entrepreneurs fail is because they let their lifestyle exceed what they're making in their business. Mm -hmm. They're so excited about living off their business that they uh, they start dipping into that to, to raise their lifestyle. And right. that's, that's a great way to sabotage your business. So recommend not doing that. Um, the other was a quote that I heard um, a few months ago. I forget who made it, but it was, the mindset that made you a millionaire will not make you a billionaire. So we have to constantly adapt and constantly evolve. Wait, say say that one mindset. more say that one more time, Josiah. The mindset that makes you a, a millionaire will not make you a billionaire. The mindset that makes you a millionaire will not make you a billionaire. This is true. This is really true. And and to your point, if we aren't increasing our mindset, if we aren't expanding, then we're going to get stuck at that limit. I remember just personally in my life making this goal to have $20,000 be the, the least amount that was ever in my bank account. And it seemed like such a huge goal, like $20,000 in my bank account. Are you kidding me? Like, I was lucky if I had over $1,000. But suddenly, I reached that goal. But I didn't reach that goal until I expanded my mindset to say, I want $100,000 in my bank account as my, you know, my bottom number in my bank account. I never want to drop below $100,000. And once I increased it to that, then suddenly I hit the $20,000 in my bank account. So it was, it's, it's really interesting. You have to be continually increasing your money mindset. So I, yeah. I thank you for, for bringing that up Josiah absolutely okay so um, so with what I, I did once I, I decided to make this change in in um, pursuing my own financial independence I founded sharpshooter enterprises mm -hmm. and I picked that name partially because the pen that I love doing all of my deals with is made from two bullet casings but when you think oh, about cool. the name sharpshooter it's direct consistent mm -hmm. uh, honest it's effective right right and so my email address is sharpshooterenterprises at gmail. And if anybody wants to get a hold of me, just send me an email to sharpshooterenterprises at gmail.com. Um, in the subject line, type spotlight. And then just put in your name, a brief intro about yourself, and a good number to reach you at. And, um, and we'll sit down. We'll have you know, a 15-minute phone call and just kind of talk about um, what what do you want to do? What, who you want to be? What do you want to create for yourself? Yeah, and I would highly recommend this. I mean, just to do this regularly is really important in your life. 
and, and it, it's hard to see the picture when you're inside the frame. So getting outside the frame, talking to somebody who's a financial expert who has some experience and money and mindset and um, can really help you define what you want in your life. And just I, I know you, uh, it's a very generous offer. I know this is a, it's not like, it's a no pressure offer. You're going to be selling life insurance or something when people sit down with you. Um, <laughs> you're going to be providing your wisdom. So thank you so much. Um, Richard said, chimed in, Greg Reed, Wealth Made Easy, How Millionaires and Billionaires Think. So great book. I highly recommend that book as well. So everybody get a hold of Josiah. Check out the book Wealth Made Easy by Greg Reed and uh, really change your mindset and increase your mindset. Thank you for investing your time today and uh, hopefully invest in your future. I'm Allison Larson and you've been listening to Spotlight. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show, can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go make a difference and be sure to tune in again for the next show.